Welcome to Straight Up Small Business, the podcast for startup and scaling up entrepreneurs who are ready to take their business to the next level of profit. I'm Beck Buchanan, an accountant turned virtual bookkeeping business owner. I'm super passionate about small business and helping entrepreneurs fall in love with their numbers in order to achieve their goals. If you ever feel confused, unsure, or overwhelmed about the financial side of your business, then you've come to the right place. This podcast covers bookkeeping, finance, and small business topics discussed in a straight-up way. My goal for each bite-sized episode is to inform and inspire you to make the next best decision in your business, backed by financial know-how, so you can create the business of your dreams. Make sure you hit subscribe so you don't miss any of my latest episodes, and let's dive in. Before we kick off, I'd like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the Bundjalung Nation, whose country I am on while recording this episode. I respect their elders from the past, present, and those emerging as the traditional custodians of this beautiful land. So wherever you're listening to this today, I acknowledge the lands on which you are and those First Nations people who lived and worked there for over 70,000 years. Welcome to Straight Up Small Business. We're up to episode 13. And off the back of some bookkeeping cleanups and my own experiences as a business owner lately, I want to dedicate this episode to bookkeeping mistakes that you might be making. I actually have a free resource out there called the top 10 bookkeeping mistakes and what they cost you. If you haven't seen this, you should definitely grab yourself a copy. I'll put a link to it in the show notes. But this episode lends a different flavor to bookkeeping mistakes. It's not just theoretical mistakes, it's mistakes I've been seeing again and again over the past couple of months. As always, I like to keep this podcast really practical and relevant for you. So let's go. Number one mistake is mixing business and personal transactions together. I know I harp on about this all the time, but it's because I see this done all the time. And if you do this, please stop. And here's why. It makes your bookkeeping messy. And if your bookkeeping is messy, by virtue of there being a 20 to 1 ratio, for example, of personal versus business transactions running through your accounting software, then you're going to be less inclined to want to do your bookkeeping because it's going to look big and scary and overwhelming when you log in. And if you end up outsourcing your bookkeeping to a bookkeeper eventually, they are going to get paid for reconciling all 1,000 plus of your personal transactions for you, which doesn't seem like good value for money. Personally, I'm happy to do this, of course, as I love helping clients get into a better financial situation, but I do wish they'd been given better guidance in the first place about how to organize their business transactions. And if you put personal transactions on your business card, then experience tells me that you're also inclined to put the odd business transaction on your personal card. And if you do this and you use accounting software, then there is a good chance that you're going to miss capturing tax deductible expenses in your business. And this means you'll end up paying more tax than you need to, which no one wants. So please stop mixing business and personal transactions together now. Set up a business account and use it solely for business purposes. Same with credit cards, same with PayPal accounts. Number two mistake is not doing your bookkeeping regularly. 
If you don't stay up to date with your bookkeeping, then you won't know whether you're making a profit or loss, or doing better than last month, or tracking towards your budget. You can look at your sales source system to gauge your sales, but that is only half of the equation if you're not recording your expenses too. And if you're not up to date, then you won't be well positioned to apply for government assistance if you need it, which usually requires you to refer to your most recent business activity statement or SDP filing, or grants, which also require submission of financial data to support them. And if you're not up to date, then you won't know how to estimate your year-end tax bill or when you need to register for GST if you haven't already. You won't know what you don't know, and you'll be going through your business days financially blind, which is not a great position to be in. I recommend that you look at your books once per week, or at least once per fortnight. Keep on top of things by reconciling your transactions and make sure your bank account reconciles to your accounting software at the end of the month. For example, if your accounting software says you have $10,000 in your bank account, but your bank account says you only have $1,000, then you know you have a bookkeeping problem on your hands that needs to be dealt with. Be sure to look at your profit and loss report at the end of the month also, so that you can gauge how your business is performing. Number three mistake is not keeping tax invoices and not referring to tax invoices when doing your bookkeeping. Tax invoices are imperative when you're registered for GST, period. To claim a credit for GST on expenses from the ATO in your business activity statement, then you need to have a tax invoice on record if the amount is over $82.50. Why, you might ask? Well, because this is where the GST is noted. So the only way you can claim the correct GST is to have a tax invoice to refer to. But don't let the $82.50 amount be the point here. You should just get in the habit of getting a tax invoice for everything and anything that you buy that is business related. And know that a tax invoice is not an FPOS receipt and it's not a bank statement. It's a document that says tax invoice across the top. Has the seller's identity and ABN on it, the date it was issued, details of what was being bought or sold, and the GST. You will likely have to ask for this when you're out and about, like at the fuel station, at the cafe, at a restaurant, at a supermarket. Try it this week. Every time you're out and making a business purchase, ask the teller, can I please get a tax invoice? Then photograph it and attach it to your accounting software transaction. And even if you're not registered for GST, then still get in the habit of asking for tax invoices as chances are you will register for GSD soon enough and you have to keep business records anyway, so they may as well be tax invoices. Start the habit early and collecting tax invoices will never be an issue for you. Number four mistake is not giving tax invoices to your customers or giving them non-compliant tax invoices. Legally, when you make a taxable sale of more than $82.50, including GST, your GST-registered customers need a tax invoice to claim a credit for the GST in the purchase price. If a customer asks you for a tax invoice, you must provide one within 28 days of their request. But good business practice is to be providing them anyway, and this should be automated through your invoicing system be that zero, other accounting software, or other payment platforms such as PayPal, Shopify, Stripe, Kajabi, Thinkific, Teachable, and so on. But here is what I see happening in practice, 
and I'll use my own business as an example. When I buy a course or a repeating monthly transaction from a supplier, I often get a receipt of some sort that shows what I purchased, but doesn't show the supplier's ABN and doesn't show GST. And this is quite annoying, especially when it's a supplier who's calling out their earnings on social media so that I definitely know they should be registered for GST and providing legitimate tax invoices. I really don't have time to be looking up the supplier's contact details and asking for a tax invoice, but I do, of course. Yet often emails when I do ask for an invoice go to an inbox that isn't monitored and I'm left in a position where I never receive the tax invoice that I'm entitled to. This isn't good enough, and the suppliers should have set this up in the back end of their systems. So please don't let this be you. As I said earlier, a tax invoice should have the seller's details and ABN on it, details of what was purchased and the GST if relevant, as well as the date of the purchase, and the document should say tax invoice. And if the amount is over $1,000, then you legally need to have the buyer's identity or ABN on the invoice as well. Number five and lucky last mistake I want to call out today is paying staff without a pay run. I don't see this that often, but when I do, it's a big doozy because so much can go wrong here. Firstly, if you pay staff into their bank account without a pay run, you will likely fail to capture the tax that you need to withhold for them and the super that you need to pay to them. So more than likely, you will end up paying your staff the wrong amount. It's also highly likely that you will fail to accrue any leave that they're entitled to if you have part-time and full-time staff. And from your own business management perspective, it's scary not to be doing pay runs as you won't have line of sight of the liabilities you're accruing for your staff around leave and super and tax. And this will come as a big shock to you when you learn of how much you owe on behalf of your staff six to 12 months down the track or more. This is in addition to the fact that you're legally required to supply your employees with a payslip, which you can't do if you don't do a pay run for them. And most businesses in Australia are now required to file pay runs under single touch payroll, which you again can't do if there is no pay run to file. I'll go into payroll information when I do a podcast episode in future specifically on payroll, but the key takeaway here is really knowing that paying staff isn't as simple as just depositing money into their bank account. You need to provide them with a payslip, which is created off the back of a pay run, and the pay run is the process that calculates what you need to pay your staff that week or fortnight, what you need to withhold in tax for them, and what super you need to accrue for them and pay to their fund by the due date. Well, that brings me to the end of this episode. I've covered five regular bookkeeping mistakes I'm seeing at the moment, and I encourage you not to make them. Do these five things instead. Record your business transactions separate to your personal transactions. Do your bookkeeping regularly. Do collect and refer to tax invoices when doing your bookkeeping and save them in a safe space, namely your accounting software. Do provide legitimate tax invoices to your customers and clients and do prepare pay runs for your staff if you're paying them. As always, I hope you found these tips helpful and if you'd like to learn about other common bookkeeping mistakes, be sure to download my free resource, the top 10 bookkeeping mistakes and what they cost you. As I said earlier, I'll put a link to it in the show notes. Have a wonderful week and I will catch you next time. 
Thank you so much for listening in today. I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, I'd be so grateful if you left a review. If you're not already, please connect with me on Instagram. My handle is straightup underscore bookkeeping. And if you'd like to know more about how I can help you be successful in running your small business, please check out my website, straightupbookkeeping.com.au for details around my signature bookkeeping and zero course, Bookkeeping It Real, and also my done for you bookkeeping services. Thanks again and see you next week.